Hello and welcome to the People Powered Green Left Podcast, where we give a voice to the 99% and not the big corporations. If you think this project is important, please consider becoming a supporter today. Now, on to our latest episode. Firstly, I'd have to give acknowledgement and respect to the elders of this country that I'm sitting on right here, the Gadigal people, which is Sydney, New South Wales, to anyone out there that's not understanding of the real language of where we are, but respects to their elders, past, present, future emerging. Respects and love and out to auntie sitting there and all the other brothers and sisters here that are grateful enough to be able to have part of this conversation because we're talking about people that right now are sitting behind bars that can't be a part of this conversation. We have to be that tiny bit of people that's going to help, you know, like right now, as we see this up, like we're going to see media and everyone else tell us these are riots, we're bad people. If you understand that what we're really writing about is an uprising, you know, we're trying to say stop police brutality and all of a sudden we're threatened with more police brutality just to say stop it, just to say please stop killing us. And then like our brother Mervyn made like, you know, I'm part of the Dungay family, anyone listening, like David was my cousin. And you know, and then for five years, we've been battling this fight. My brother was killed in 2015, right here at Long Bay. And the world didn't really know his name. Sadly, Australia didn't care enough. So, you know, no one knew. And then all of a sudden we turn the news on and you see this precious human being, black, white or brindle, to me underneath a precious human being having his life taken away by someone that is sworn to protect and serve and, and you know, like, hello, look at that video of that young man, George Floyd. That, oh, that broke my heart and it broke my family's hearts. And I dare say it broke everybody's heart. Well, no matter what color or creed you were that day, if you, did, if you had a heart in your body, it was hurting to know that someone with a gun, the power of a bullet in his pocket, the power of, handcuffs, tasers, the power of how many officers were around. And yet still the only thing they could literally do was force this man under knee, under their knee till he cries, I can't breathe over and over and over. And they stand there and watch civilians argue in the street. My cousin didn't have that chance. But you can turn the, you can turn the TV on, you can look his name up and you can watch that sort of same bullshit. And it's horrendous. Like, hello, like brother said, 437. Wow, that's a number we only know from the Royal Commission. When Lizzie Jarrett hears words like Royal Commission, that means no justice for black people. That means a royal witch, Elizabeth. Yeah, it might be mine. <laughs> oh, you know, just as a joke at the moment, but the royal witch gets paid, Royal Commission. How does that mean justice for black people? It doesn't mean in my English, and it hasn't come from any royal commission. We've had royal commissions into all strains of black injustice, and not one of them have come through under the false pretense of recommendations made from coroners, from DPP, like the latter, like Brother Mervyn, Mervyn said. The latter is only for the white man's, you know, prosper. The black man, like we, we Scott Morrison has the hide to come on the TV and tell us there's no slavery here. 
Guess what, Scotty? I'm one of your slaves. Get real with the education and what you're going to tell people because you're going to come across people like us, thankfully, that aren't going to allow this crap to keep sliding. The other day, five years I waited with my family. I had, there were thousands and thousands and thousands of people in the Sydney streets singing out my cousin's name. Like all of a sudden his life mattered. And then we made sure we screamed out many and many and many other names and had family stand strong and show the world we've had enough, full stop. Full stop, we've had enough of the police murdering anybody, whether it's under the Black Lives Matter umbrella, stop black deaths in custody, case sera give it any anagram, give it any label you want. We are sick of the police murdering and getting away with it over and over and over and over again. And if we don't use this many people in the streets right now to get up and in, like in America, we've seen these police actually be charged with murder. We only ever had that happen once, and that was for Brother Walker. And we're still fighting about how we're gonna go about actually getting the charges to get to the courthouse, to get to the courthouse, to get to justice, which anyone listening right now, I'm 41 years old. I haven't seen it in my 41 years. But now we're seeing all this momentum, all this pressure, and we have to pump on it because the prisons, the police are the biggest criminals no, they, 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 like brother said, they are, uh, oh, I don't have nice language for them sort of people. Honestly, I don't, you know, I watched five of them murder my brother, five, and not one is held accountable. And we sat through inquests and we listened and we bowed down to the white man with the wig and we did all they needed us to do to try and just, sorry guys, to try and entrust in them that they'd meet us at least halfway with any sort of truth. If you can sit through the inquest on my cousin, there's no way halfway of truth. It's always, like you said, make your way up. The coroner's an ex-copper from somewhere. So he's got to take care of his little buddy and he's got to take care of their buddies. And then you, with my brother's case, you're stuck in the, in the vortex of the actual criminal justice and then the justice health. So then we got the back and forward of who can be even more racist. As Miss Do, Justice Health was a part of letting that poor young woman lose her life the way she did. How many times was she taken to a medic and not once given a temperature check, a blood pressure check? Every time you go to the emergency room, come on. But because she was a black woman and because it got told to them health people from the screws, she was a junkie coming off drugs. Don't pay attention. They went, see you later, who cares? And then the woman's dead. And now this family fights and fights and fights. And here we are saying this poor woman's name when we shouldn't even have to say her name in our protocol of way. How hard it is for some of these families to even mention their loved one's names again. And how many more and more and more? But the only gracious thing I can say out of what happened over there in America right now, bless that family. If anyone out there can, is live over Facebook, bless all the families of the brothers and sisters murdered over there. Because I dare say they've got numbers that are like ours, thousands and thousands. Let's get it right. It's not just 437. That's only what the white people will tell us or the white people will let us tell you to get it right English. 
this is you know so we need to enforce that's why we need to really come back like like my poster behind me right now july the 5th we're trying to call on national weekend of action safely of course you know we're not trying to tell everyone to go out there and rush and get coronavirus because a real pandemic right here is underneath coronavirus is in your face racism that's the biggest pandemic known across the world get it right people so right now we need everyone to please safely put it out there come out with us on july the 5th over that weekend any way you can in your small town look it up on facebook you will find it on the justice for david dungay jr page you'll find it on the justice for tane chatfield page uh, a month couple of other allied groups that have come across and joined us, but you will find these rallies in your hometowns, hopefully. Brisbane, I know have come on, Perth, Blue Mountains, Newcastle, Adelaide, the domain here in Sydney. So, you know, turn it on. Like, you know, we have to come out. We have to keep this momentum. We can't let the fact of, they, they, they're trying to use the coronavirus, which fully is acceptably a scary thing. Respect to Sister Debbie, to someone on our panel that has gone through this and can give an even better perspective of what it really is about but I dare say my sister sitting there could tell me that I think racism is a scarier pandemic of her lifetime than whatever she's gone through in the last couple of months of coronavirus she can correct me when she speaks if I'm wrong but I'm dare saying I'd hope that's the way it would be understanding the job she has understanding the woman she has and she's seen how many of my women our women of <clears throat> the language almost uh, treated really badly in jail Aboriginal women right now make the highest population of incarcerated people of the world. How do we do that? How does that tell you there's no racism here? How, how like, how, how? Uh, they'll tell us 2.8% of people we make to the country. So we've got at least half that maybe for the women if we're lucky, which is bullshit. So how do we make the most incarcerated percentage of the world? Simple, white supremacy. And this is the reality. Let's get it right. Black women are the most downtrodden people of the world. And here we are being the voice saying, come, stand with us, join with us. We need you now, not tomorrow. Now while your consciousness is open that this is real happening right here in the streets of Australia, in every community. I can go to every single Aboriginal community in this country and find this similar story. It's not just a one-off thing. I've got a family sitting in my house right now that has gone through the same thing. In respect, I won't mention names, but yeah, you know? I, like this is every day in our face. So guess what, Australia? Let it be every day in your face because this is the country you live in. This is the country you came to as a settler, as colonizer, as beneficiary of genocide. And the genocide is right here in your face, 2020, not 1788. That's when it started and it hasn't stopped. But gracefully now we've got enough people saying, wow, this is real. So let's help bring it. Let's help really bring it. Let's take away this power from all this police. Let's take away some power from these prisons. I do believe I support brother Mervyn that we can't just abolish the whole prisons. No way. People that commit crimes against humans, they need somewhere to be. Doesn't matter what, Ray, what, whatever. You, you do bad against another fellow human, you don't really deserve to be with us. We had our way in the old time. It was called exile. It worked really well. We didn't need to put anyone in a cage. 
because putting people in the cage, that don't help. But I do, I fully support the idea, like, uh, uh, for the fines, for remand, for raising the criminal responsibility age, talking about racism. My 10-year-old son, yes, I can share, my poor son will, yeah, I've told Facebook already anyway. My 10-year-old son last night was approached in the, uh, this is not police work, but it gets down to the police, obviously, in the aisle of a coal supermarket by a worker, and the worker asked him what he was doing touching the lollies. Touching them. How are you supposed to buy something if you don't touch it? I'd like to ask, I don't know how you meant to, is my son meant to be Harry Potter and get a magic wand and make the lollies float in the sky so the man doesn't think he's going to steal them all the way to the cash register? Anyway, case the rasara, come down to the cash register and this worker again is conveniently the same worker to, to greet my son. My son is wearing clothing with no pockets. He has pajama pants and a pajama. There is no pockets. And this man still tries to make converse with my son, not with my adult sister who was with him in the shop. He tries to take it upon himself to make converse with my 10 year old son to ask him to see if he has a lolly in his pocket. Only for my sister to come along and, whew, lucky Lizzie wasn't in the shop maybe, yeah. But my sister came along and handled it a lot, you know, calmer as an adult should have done and yeah. But you know, this is the reality. This is in our face every day to our children. And then when I did make the a report this morning and then they go, oh, you need to ring the police. And then of course you ring the police and what do they do? What do they do? Oh, that, that, that's not enough, that, you know, da, 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 da more or less got the rung around, I'll oh, put you on the line, somebody else, someone else, someone else, nothing. Mind you, my son gets to be treated like he's a criminal because he wants to go in the shop and buy a lot, because he wants to go and support the Australian economic system. He's supporting them by spending their dollar, yet he's a thief. He's 10 years old, this is the racism we face every day, every day. So this is why people need to know, police are not friends. If police were our friends, why are we still having this conversation in 2020? Why are we still arguing the same arguments we've been arguing from my ancestors' mouths and Brother Mervyn's ancestors' mouths? And what all you other settlers' people's ancestors would have heard come out of our ancestors' mouths? We're still doing the same? Isn't it time we really make change, people, instead of just talking about it? 2020, like Brother said, we are clever now. We got doctors, we got lawyers, we got organizations. We know how to do our thing, even with all this colonial virus. That's the real virus here, colonialism. We know how to do our thing. How about you try and help meet us do our thing? Like the protesting, like we're trying to have, you know? We'd love the police to actually work with us. How about that? How about that? If they're so worried about the COVID safety and stuff, come and work with us. But no, we get forced with police brutality. Oh, I think in the news, um, they were threatening us with a sound cannon. So to make sure that if we speak truth, they're gonna make our listeners deaf. Is that what we call a fair and equal country, people? They come in, they, they, this thing is uh, in the United Nations, uh, destruction war weapon is not allowed. But yet the New South Wales police can threaten it on a protest in Sydney the other night. 
and that and we're just supposed to take that as people we're just supposed to think that's okay we're supposed to say the police is still okay this is why we're talking so much about we need help to defund the police we need more petitioning in there like debbie to help change these laws that all they keep doing is taking our babies they start from babies and then they end up in boxes so many years down the track from going in and out in and out in and out and it's uh, you know, like, we've been to too many funerals. Too many. Too many. Especially when they are horrendous, murderous acts. Like brother said, when he's been to the morgue and watch a body totally just, you know, broke my heart listening to it. And then you go and they say, it's an accident. And then you go and read the next case and the next case and the next one and none of them get any nicer. You know, there's not even like a hope of, oh yeah, that might've been an accident. No, it was not an accident. It's straight out brutality, straight out murder. If I went and did that to anybody else, what am I gonna do with my life? I'm gonna be in handcuffs. I'm gonna be in jail. Why aren't these boys in blue the same way? Like, you know, why? How can they have so much power for so long, people? We need people. We are powerful. Yeah, they have the guns, but we can help change that fucking way they're allowed to draw that gun if we get together with enough education. Somehow, that's the only hope I can keep in my brain because I don't see any, I don't see any government taking the police away from me. They've been here since I was born. They were here when my daddy was born. So I don't see us gonna win the idea of really taking any police away. But if we can actually get real crap, real talks about real law changes, let us get in there and do that. Let's start with little things and then make our way bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. Like, you know, like WA for right now. Woo! Let's take this win. Let's build it. Let's say, okay, you're good enough to do this in WA. Let's try and take this over to here and here and here. Like in New South Wales, that young, beautiful woman, Rebecca Ma, one of the recommendations was, was the CNS. They failed it on her. And there's only one reason why. They don't care about black women. They can get a stripe, they can get a badge. That poor woman now has children and a family left behind to fight for justice that will never come. Because why? The police had all power to take her off the fucking street that night, then leave her unsupervised. Come on, guys. Why are they having so much power over us still? We need like real structure. I'm like, the most terrifying person in the world for me is a police officer. There's no one scarier. And that's a sad thing to say, because I'm a pretty strong woman and, I'm, I, and I try to be pretty level-headed. And I don't hate, I don't, I won't let anyone hate. I won't let hate inside my soul. But as for someone that really terrifies the life out of me, and, it's that, and that's meant to be the person that I call upon. But then you look at the story again, we'll go back to Miss Do when they get called upon what happens to the black women. That woman was called, that, the police were called to help this young woman. Let's get this bit straight. The police were called to help her, help her. The police came and made sure they helped her all the way to the cemetery. 
So how much faith do black women gonna have in police after seeing that? Let alone we know they, they you know, last time I was locked up, they stripped me naked. And that was only two years ago. And laughed and ridiculed and taunted me. Till I took it upon myself to laugh and ridicule and taunt them and I asked them which tit was bigger. <laughs> yeah, I had to find humor in it. And then in the end, because I was enjoying the humor with my naked body against the white men, they gave me a blanket. This is the reality when black women are locked up. So what are we gonna do about it? Are we gonna really, you know, are we gonna make change? Are we gonna talk? Let's do this as national, like, let's take this further and further. Like with Debbie's winning WA, Merv, you got all that strength over there, bro, you know? Let's try and like, you know, keep the conversation happen, make something really happen. Look at our brothers and sisters in Northern Territory right now. It's just their anniversary of intervention. We can see how much a racist bullshit lie can take away rights to a whole fucking nation of people. One white man's lies proved blatant lies at that. And the whole 13 years later, the Northern Territory is still putting up with martial law for our black babies. And this is fair dinkum Aussie Australia. Guys, welcome to the lucky country down under. Well, I don't see any luck. I don't see any fair dinkum, not for our people. It hasn't come, but if we do this and we keep pushing and we keep having conversations with good people, maybe we can make, you know, this is the hope. Let's make something, let's do something. And the only way we're gonna do that is with people. So yeah, I'm gonna finish up right now. Just make sure like more or less, I'll not finish up, but like my little spiel for a minute. Like, you know, get with us, follow, talk to people, do something, you know what I mean? Like we need to build pressure to change this system. We can't just change it overnight. We know that we've been trying for since, oh, well, our ancestors now people have been trying for a long time. But now luckily we got the people with the right, we got the black people up there. We got the PhDs and we got the this and the that and all them little white boxes they made us tick, we've ticked them. So now you got to come to the table and, and look at my file, look at my PhD, Mr. Officer and Mr. Courthouse man and Mr. Illegal alien. If you want to get your language right of what you are in my country, let's turn the tables, let's get the language right, let's get the education right and then maybe we can get the law right. Anyway, thank you, I'm getting angry. I hope you got a lot out of this episode. To continue producing shows like this, we need your support. Consider becoming a supporter for $5 a month, sharing this show on social media, and submitting your own stories. You can do all this at our website, greenleft.org.au.